Good morning. Good morning. You are listening to the XX Files on CKUT and 90.3 FM. It's 11.33, April 18th. 18th already. Or January 200th. And we are live in the studio today with the guest Annie Go. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Um, So Annie uh, is an artist, researcher, and musician working primarily with sound, space, electronic media, and generative processes. (laughs) It's always funny when someone reads out your bio. (laughs) No kidding. <laughs> did we get it? Did we get it right? Yeah. yeah okay, cool. Is it, it true? <laughs> yeah. That's what it says. Yeah. Um, and Annie is the current uh, resident at Studio XX right now. Yeah. Um, so perhaps you can start by introducing yourself and your practice. Sure. Um, yeah. So I, on my bio, it always says that I'm an artist and researcher, um, and. Yeah, I guess I work mainly with sound, so both in my art practice, which includes room installations and um, performances and compositions and that sort of thing. And then um, as a researcher, I'm like, yeah, writing a PhD on um, acoustic archaeology and sonic knowledge production at Goldsmiths University in London. So I'm kind of, yeah, doing um, art and theory at the same time. So that's kind of my practice. Amazing. And uh, how long, far along are you into your PhD? Oh, like much further than I, I am, than I, f- I feel like I'm not. <laughs> um, never far enough, but yeah, I've got about a year and a half left to write up and lots to do still. So yeah. Awesome. Amazing. Yeah. And so you're working here at um, Studio XX on a project called Gendy Trouble Cyber Feminist Computer Music. <laughs> yes. Um, and can you tell us about if you, what you're researching or creating uh, during your time here in Montreal? Sure. Um, maybe it helps to go back a bit because sure. so I started that project, I think, in 2015. Um, which was meant as like a multi-channel sound performance. I was invited to a festival in Chicago called Sexing Sound about gender and electronic music or gender and music and sound art and that sort of thing. And yes, I conceived of this project and Gendy Trouble is a play on words. So it's kind of merging um, two kind of very different figures and concepts so on the one hand Yanis Sanakis who's this like super serious Greek composer like of the second half of the 20th century who did a lot of um, stuff with computer music but also also um, other compositions with real instruments um, and he had this principle of gendi or gendine which stands for excuse my French generation dynamique stochastique so it's like a stochastic generative um, principle of waveform synthesis and the idea of that was to create like very unnatural rich and strange sounds through like digital waveform generation 
So that's like on the one hand. So that's the gendy part. And then gendy trouble is obviously a reference to Judith Butler's gender trouble. And I guess it kind of just came around when I was um, coding the sounds and then you need a you need a name for the sounds. And then I was like using the gendy object in the programming language that I tried to work with called Supercollider. And then you need to give it a name. So I was like, gendy, gendy trouble. And then I was just like, oh, what happens when you think that through a bit more and with Judith Butler, it's like gender trouble and like this idea of performativity. It's this like idea of like iterations of like performances and actions that um, give us our gender. Like it's, you know, obviously it's not attached to like a fixed essence, but it's it comes through that everyday performance and that, that iteration of uh, the performance of gender. Um, and I guess I was trying to think through what happens if you think that through sonically and like, um, as something that you're always generating and can that be emancipatory? Yeah. Wow. Amazing. So the the end piece is a performance or, an, or an, a multi-channel installation? Hmm, good question. I think I would like um, to get it fixed as recordings, actually. So it already was a performance. Um, I don't know, I guess it would be nice if it could be several things all at once. So yeah, a fixed recording and then also perform it on like different setups and for it to be flexible would be good. So yeah, it doesn't have to be multi-channel. There's all this like excitement, especially in the very serious genre of computer music. And it's all like how many channels and like ambisonic and wavefield synthesis. And it's like very like tech focused. And I guess part of the reason of or what I thought would be quite provocative was to like bring gender studies into this like this kind of field and like see what happens which wasn't actually as provocative as I thought it would be in retrospect but it's still it is still a little bit of a kind of disconnect in those those like centers those very serious like university centers with like multi-channel sound so um yeah I don't know I'm keeping it open I suppose okay amazing and can you talk a little bit about a the intersection of generative art and gender theory or computer music as well yeah I guess that was just like a to do with the play on words and like the root of the word like gen that it shares both in generative art and gender studies and gender and genre and like yeah I guess thinking about how it means like genus like a category or like a type of thing and then that also has come to be like what we call gender and in terms of like sexual difference um and I don't know I think it's just kind of fun to to think about the etymology of those words for sure yeah it's um no yeah it's interesting to think about it in this like generative way because I think also like Judith Butler would say things are reified so kind of like through this like the continuation of something or like however many times something happens it becomes more and more real so that way gender is also generative also yeah exactly i think that's kind of like the direction that i was thinking in when Mm. i first conceived it but at the same time i was always a bit skeptical of it because there's many things that are more reified in power structures that are unmovable so it's kind of like perhaps this could be like a little flicker of emancipation in this very tiny instance but actually like yeah all the other good old power structures are still there predominantly For sure. so I guess it was kind of done in, in a slightly tongue-in-cheek way as well 
Cool. Um, and so what is, uh, like, what, what stage are you at in this uh, research or production that you're kind of working? Like, what are you, what are you doing in the, in the studio? Hmm, good question. I've been um, just kind of tearing my hair out with technical problems because oh, no. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I'm really into this programming language of Super Collider. Um, it's very powerful and it's open source. It's free and there's a community and it's like it does amazing things and you can do amazing things with it. When I first got to know it, I was like, wow, this is so like this is so amazing but it's so difficult and especially if you don't have a programming background so it's just like me staring at error messages and googling like for help in the hope that someone previously had the same problem and yeah so that's been a fair amount of time and the other part has been like reading so I read reread um Sadie Plant's Zeros and Ones which is this like key cyber feminist text from the mid 90s um I've been like going back and listening to kind of those rediscovered um, women electronic music composers in the past few weeks as well. So the, what, what we're listening to now is Elsa Marie Pada, yep. mm-hmm. who was a Danish um, electronic music composer who um, passed away a few years ago um, and her work only got kind of discovered by the international community at least um, a few years prior to that and there was a re-release of her um, compositions and they're just so beautiful and so amazing so I was just really enjoying listening to these so this I think this one was from 1958 and this was the first ever um, uh, Danish produced or Danish electronic music piece full stop not just by a woman (laughs) Um, and yeah and then she produced all this really incredibly beautiful stuff in the 60s some of it was you know commissions for um i guess plays and theater stuff um who else have you been listening to um stuff from the uk i guess like delia derbyshire and daphne oram and that's kind of coincided with the research that i'm doing whilst i'm here so um i've been a researcher at mcgill working with um, professor jonathan stern and some of that research has been for his book like looking for women um electronic music composers using this one specific like nerdy tape device from the 1950s which is super interesting cool he's awesome oh you know him too oh yeah yeah Yeah. it's uh, it was about it's um a device about like speeding up and slowing down sound and like changing pitch and um pitch and time independent of one another which one thinks came about in the digital domain but actually it has a history that goes back to like the mid 1950s and analog tapes and stuff amazing yeah it's neat Cool. Okay. We so. also, uh, oh, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off there. <laughs> uh, we noticed that you're the co-founder of the Sonic Cyber Feminisms Project. Yes. And uh, <laughs> we were hoping you could talk a little bit about that and kind of your definition of Sonic Cyber sure. Feminisms. Yeah, it's like one of those things that's really hard to define, I suppose. But um, it emerged from like these debates around 2013-14, when the Female Pressure Network, who I'm sure you know, published yeah. these um, a load of statistics about like how many women and men are booked at um, music festivals and are kind of released by labels, and there was obviously this huge kind of um, disparity. And then there was a big debate around that, and there was a lot of difficult kind of conversations had. And at the time, I was working for a festival in Berlin called CTM Festival, and in response to that, so as with all the other festivals, there was kind of like, I don't know, 5 to 10% or definitely under 15% of like women identified um, participants at the festival. 
that were counted. So um, yeah, I did a panel there, and we invited Sadie Plant actually, and she actually like came, and it was it was cool. Um, and um, Susanna Kirschmeier, who's the founder of um, Female Pressure, Fender Schrader, who's an amazing transgender identified engineer and artist, and then Marie Thompson, who I then like later started doing the Sonic Cyberfeminisms project with, who's an, um, a researcher and also a sound practitioner. So we had this conversation, um, how can we kind of think about like why it is that there's so few women identified people or actually this has changed substantially in the past few years but at the time it was very like um, the kind of disparity was very clear why it is that there's so few women let's say represented at um, music festivals and also like not just that like it's not just about like making a quota and then getting 50-50 and then like patting ourselves on the back that we're like really enlightened I think that is just representative or symbolic of many other problems which like run very deep so the idea of drawing on like cyber feminism was like okay these discussions were being had in the 90s and the 2000s and they were actually in especially the North American side very intersectional so they were talking about race and they were talking about um yeah sexuality and class in ways that um were super productive and a lot of that kind of got a bit forgotten so now we're in a bit of a revival of cyber feminism some people are calling it post cyber feminism which is quite apt probably um and the sonic cyber feminisms project is i suppose thinking about how what sound can do for that in many ways so it's so not all, all not, not only looking at like gendered inequalities in audio production and sound art and electronic music but also kind of like how what the sonic means in a broader sense sorry if that sounds a bit esoteric <laughs> but i suppose um in the sense that like yeah sound can be considered a very powerful force so it's like how can we use this not not to say that it's like automatically like a magic sprinkling of like uh some magical powder that's going to correct everything but there are certain affordances you know radio is an amazing example of like um community building sure. um and like yeah thinking through the sonic in different ways and how how that can be um used for like yeah emancipatory means amazing um yeah we definitely uh yeah, we identify with all of that. <laughs> yeah, sure. We think cool. about that a lot. And this show actually has, so this show has been on since 1996. Um, not, we have not been hosting it that long, <laughs> but the prior host, uh, Valerie Walker, actually, has, she would go to Mutech every year before in the 90s and the early 2000s before they had a single woman on the bill mm -hmm. and was just like would just like yeah like go to every single conference and be like um excuse me <laughs> i'd like to, for us to talk about why there are no women on your program oh why yeah so and now i don't like there's this initiative where they're kind of like oh all of these music festivals have said within five years they're going to have yeah. um like gender parity i wonder what your what your thoughts are on that or the process that's going in into this Mm, yeah, it's it's. I think it's great. So CTM Festival, who I work for, have really turned things around since then. And the past two or maybe even three years, they've got very close to 50%. And it's been a lot more diverse because it really made them sit up and think about their curatorial process and 
um, a lot of it is obviously friends and friends of friends and so and so has got a new project and, and then it just happens to be that like you know 95% of the lineup is white men and so it forced them to really think about that and they've put in a lot of effort to diversify and it's worked really well and the programs become really strong because the arguments at the time were like you know we care about the music and we don't want like you know we have to provide a good program for the audience and it's like it has not compromised that at all it's probably just made it even better like the past few years have been amazing um so yeah at the same time i kind of i really encourage those um those um like campaigns and it makes it a lot more enjoyable as a as a, like a visitor to those festivals when you don't just um, see white men on stage, straight white men. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it's still the same thing. It's not. It's not just about that. You know, it's like, it's, it's like so many more debates which are like part of that. That I think it's important not to lose sight of those. It's like, yeah, totally. Like think about cura- curatorial practice. In a more holistic sense. And intersectional. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, what are some of your reflections or even aspirations for this kind of post-cyber feminism... um, Moment. Moment, yeah. Hmm. My aspirations. I suppose um, something I've been thinking about a lot is how these things are never like in and of themselves emancipatory so some strands of cyber feminism or post cyber feminism have been like really like pro technology to be like anti nature um, and be like um, bad feminism is like essentialist and naturalistic and I think that can be a bit of an oversight because that also overlooks like a lot of amazing feminist work that has not been essentialist and not naturalistic Mm. so sometimes it's a bit unfair to kind of be like pro to pro technology as if that's in and of itself emancipatory and I think this always needs to kind of come with like a politics that is grounded in like anti-racism and like critiques of capitalism and white supremacy and ableism and um um, transphobia and homophobia and I think all those things need to come together and not not just kind of depict it, like sound even or technology or any of these things as a kind of magic solution for these problems which are deeply ingrained in society in, in multifaceted ways. And do you see parallels between technological advancement and, and feminism? I think I would say, like, yeah, I think I would say a similar thing. Like, it's not like that one, that they yeah, have some kind of relationship that needs to be excavated. Mm-hmm. I just think, um, yeah, amongst this kind of complex intermixing of issues that there can and should be feminist agendas um, in technology and these need to be constantly revised and updated for the new kind of challenges which um are always emerging um yeah and i uh, yeah i think i mean obviously it's um not helpful 
to hold on to any kind of stubborn anti-technologist views. I don't think that's going to like help progress feminist agendas. Um, but at the same time, I, yeah, like, yeah, same point as before, really, just that these are kind of grounded in like um, lived experiences that um, can't be overlooked when thinking about these things. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so how do you, how, so in terms of sound um, specifically, so how would you say our bodies as kind of um, gendered, um, implicated or, in, or otherwise implicated in, in sound specifically? Um, or what is the role of the sonic here or the potential for the sonic? Hmm. I guess just like loads of different ways that are kind of too, too many to name. But often I find, for example, so um, Marie Thompson, who I do the Sonic Cyberfeminisms project with, mm-hmm. she's done a lot of work on noise. And um, I mean, a lot of um, scholars have been working on this topic of noise, but I think the thing that comes out in her work, which is very like amazing, by the way, highly recommended um, and politicized, is like who is considered noisy. So in a um, in a given situation, which which people or which things and which ideas and which actions are considered noisy, and how is that often um, related to like unruly, unwanted, primitive, perhaps, or like um, irrational and it's almost like lots of these things are quite subtly interwoven in our in our everyday like language even and also yeah in general kind of characterizations that we have of um social groups so this emerges um sorry i don't i can't remember what the question was yeah in the voice like i guess in yeah in loads like loads of different ways um I think, yeah, you can't really separate them, which is why it's always, yeah, I guess a, a difficult question to answer. It's like, it's like everywhere. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay, well, we're um, coming up to the end of the hour. Oh, wow, we talked for a long time. <laughs> I know, it goes by so quick. Do you have, um, are you, do you have anything coming up? Are you um, doing anything like a presentation at Studio XX during your residency or? I'm not doing a, like a public thing at Studio XX actually, but I'm going to do um, a little gig at the end of the month on the last Sunday, um, which is at Noise Sundays um, at La Plant. Oh, great. Yeah. Which is, I think, yeah, Sunday the 29th from three o'clock because it's an afternoon thing. So that's a little thing. And then apart from that, I'm just working on yeah, the Sonic Cyberphonism project with Marie Thompson. And we're going to do a residency at Weising Art Centre, which is near Cambridge in the UK, later this year with a big group of us and lots of good comrades there. Um, yeah, so that's like about it, I suppose. There's probably more stuff, but I just can't remember. Cool. And what, how can people get involved in uh, the Sonic, Sonic Cyberfemin... Sonic Cyber Feminism <laughs> project. 
Uh, yeah, we have a mailing list which um, anyone who's interested can join. It's not super active because there's loads of different mailing lists that like do various different things anyway. But we have our own little one, and so yeah, anyone can join that. I think there's it's like group Sonic Cyberfinisms like groups.io, something like that, and then you can email and um, yeah, join that. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you for having me. We've been talking with Annie Go, uh, artist in residence at Studio XX currently and uh, co-founder of the Sonic Cyber Feminisms Project. Uh, it's such a pleasure to have you here. Speaking of Sonic Cyber Feminisms and noise, uh, XX Files is putting on a noise performance as a part of a CKUT benefit. Uh, tomorrow, yep. Casa will be performing alongside our um, radio slot neighbor, Stefan Christophe, um, and a whole bunch of other amazing um, experimental artists and musicians. So, yeah, please come out. Say hello. Say hello, Sports CQT. Yep. Um, We're looking forward to it. It's Yeah, we're going to make some noise. It's going to be cool. It's going to be noisy. And check out uh, Annie at Noise Sunday at La Plante on the last Sunday of the month. Um, I'll be there. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Actually, no, I'll be out of town. But okay. maybe, I'll, maybe I'll get back in time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much again for joining us. Thanks for having me, Julian Amanda. Cool. This has been uh, XX Files on CKUT at 90.3 FM. Have a good afternoon.